So good morning. Good morning everybody and welcome. Welcome to Essex Church and to this our gathered community of Kensington Unitarians on this cold, wet and slippy Sunday morning. A morning when any sensible person would surely have stayed under the duvet. So what are you doing here, you lords? I know. It's because you're the sort of kind people who could not have left me and Peter and Margaret and Trevor, our musicians, here on our own, singing to ourselves. So thank you very much for making the effort to get up, get dressed, and come out in the sleety snow. And you know what? You make a difference. You make a difference, every single one of you, by your presence here on a Sunday and also in every aspect of your life, simply by showing up and being who we are. Each of us is creating a part of a whole community. Who knows how a conversation you might have today might make a difference in someone else's life. Imagine how a kind word or deed could change the course of another's existence, or maybe even your own. So we make a difference by choosing to be here together this morning. Whoever we are, wherever we've come from, however difficult our journey on that slippy bus, whatever our lives are having us deal with at the moment, let's bring it all here, knowing that by our presence together we create a sacred space, a place where the holy can dwell, here amongst us in our shared humanity, here, in a place of peace, a place of healing, a place of loving respect for the ways we choose to live our lives. And on this second Sunday of Advent, we're lighting two candles, marking the weeks leading to Christmas. We light a candle for hope, a candle of peace, And we light our chalice flame, lit to remind us of our wider Unitarian, Unitarian Universalist communities who will be lighting their own similar chalice flames the world over and holding the hope of peace and freedom in their hearts this day. Welcome, welcome one and all. Janine and I are going to um, read read a blessing that actually is very pertinent to this subject. It was written in honour of two Unitarians who worked in the Second World War to um, help refugees. Um, the, uh, the Sharp um, couple, Martha and Waitstill, Sharp, who risked their own comfort to take others to places of safety. And this is, this is in their honour. As we gather together, may we remember when you share with me what is most important to you, that is where listening begins. And when I show you that I hear you, when I say your life matters, that is where compassion begins. 
When I open the door to greet you, that is where hospitality begins. And when I venture out to bring you to shelter, that is where love begins. When I risk my comfort to ease your suffering, when I act against hatred, violence and injustice, that is where courage begins. When we experience the full presence of each other because of our shared humanity, because of our differences, that is where holy gratitude begins. May this space be a table that is not complete until all are welcome. May this table be a space of beauty where together we create a series of miracles and where all that we share is sacred. May it, May it be, be so. so. Let's take those sentiments into a time of prayer and reflection now. Spirit of life and love, we come once again to be reminded of the reality of your presence in our lives. We seek your stillness and your peace, your presence and your grace. May the promise of your peace remind us that all is yet well, despite the burdens we may bear and the anxieties that are with us. May our weakness and our failings find forgiveness. And may we find also the strength to dismiss the failings we may be quick to judge in others. We know, don't we, that the work of acceptance is the work of our lifetime that there is always more to understand about ourselves and about others. And so in a spirit of gratitude, I invite you, if you wish, to think now of someone who you feel accepted by. Accepted just as you are. Or if no one immediately comes to mind, you might think of a time or a place where you feel you can really be yourself. No need to pretend to be otherwise. And I wonder if there is an individual or a group that comes to mind that you could be more open-hearted towards. Someone you find difficult. Are we able to accept the failings of others? knowing that their failings could as well be our own.
And in a few moments of shared silence now, I invite you to send your thoughts and prayers to people and places in the world where there is discord, suffering, cruelty, injustice. Let us call to the God of our hearts and our understanding to guide us on best ways to work towards change in our world. And may the world be kinder and more humane because of our presence here on earth this day and all days. Amen. on the same sheet you'll find um, a litany for the season and it, it yes it spoke to my condition when I found this the the writer is taking aspects of Christmas and then reflecting it back on everyday life so I'm, I'm going to invite you to just join in any bit of this that you want to if, if there are lines that you think that's nothing to do with me when well, you can zip your lips um, or shout them out if you really feel strongly about it. And the writer suggested that you know, we say each bullet point and then if we want to, respond with the words, we remember, we forgive, we love. Just say whatever you want to say. A Litany for the Season by P Peter Friedrichs. For gifts we yearned for but did not receive, we remember, we forgive, we love. For things we received, but never wanted, we remember, we forgive, we love. For those who offered us cheer when what we needed was comfort, we remember, we forgive, we love. For those who gave us gifts, but never their presence, we remember, we forgive, we love. For those who offered us love, but we could not accept it, we remember, we forgive, we love. For ourselves, who could not always give what was needed, we remember, we forgive, we love. For those we have loved deeply, who have left us too soon, we remember, we forgive, we love. For expectations that did not live up to our hopes, we remember, we forgive, we love. For ghosts of Christmas past that haunt us to this day, we remember, we forgive, we love. For those who, like the innkeeper, turned us away, we remember, we forgive, we love. And for those we rejected, fearing we had no room in our homes or our hearts, we remember, we forgive, we love. 
for the times we saw a star in the east but failed to follow it. We remember, we forgive, we love. And for times we followed it faithfully, but it did not lead where we hoped. We remember, we forgive, we love. For wise ones whose gifts we rejected, we remember, we forgive, we love. And for those whom we thought were wise and trusted to our detriment, we remember, we forgive, we love. For miracles passed unnoticed until it was too late, we remember, we forgive, we love. For acceptance that too often eludes us, we remember, we forgive, we love. For all these things and more, may we find a place of peace and rest in our hearts. And so may it be for all people this day. Amen. And it's leading us into uh, a time of meditation now. Um, and we've got a short reading to perhaps guide our thinking. I don't know if this will speak to you. It's, it's about the way that our human minds divide things up and make borders and separations and the idea that there's something greater that has us realised that there is no such separation. See, see if it speaks to you. So get yourselves comfy because I'll, I'll do this reading and then lead us into a really nice quiet time and we'll have a few minutes of silence together and that will come to an end with a chime from our tiny bell. Um, maybe just do what you need to do to be comfy. Perhaps be aware of your feet on the floor. Sink into your chair a little bit. Allow your breathing to settle you, relax you. Rod Richards writes that God has no borders. We humans are the line drawers. We are the border makers. We are the boundary testers. We are the census takers. We draw a line to separate this from that so we can see clearly what each is. We create a border to define our place so we can take care of what is there. We test boundaries to find if they are real, if they are necessary, if they are just. We congregate within those boundaries in families and tribes and cities and countries that we call us. And we call people on the other side them. But our minds seek boundaries that our hearts know not. 
The lines we draw disappear when viewed with eyes of compassion. The recognition of human kinship does not end at any border. A wise part of us knows that the other is us and we them. So let justice flow like water and peace like a never-ending stream. Let compassion glow like sunlight and love like an ever-shining beam. The snow, the sunshine, the breeze, the life-giving air we breathe, they know no boundaries. Neither do our empathy, our goodwill, our concern for one another. God has no borders. Love has no borders. Let us lift up the awareness of our unity. This, um, this service, with its title, Welcoming the Difficult, is the second of our monthly theme of hospitality. When I chose the title, I had no idea that some people in this congregation would think that it was about them. I've had more than one person approach me this week and say, am I the most difficult? <laughs> and I would rather not encourage any of us to get competitive about who can cause the most trouble. And in truth, in most churches, it's a well-known fact that the musicians cause more trouble than the entire congregation put together. And it's another well-known fact that church buildings are even more trouble than the musicians. As is often the case, once I've chosen a service title, life starts throwing examples my way. Did you notice how chilly it was yesterday? I mean, it was actually sunny, but it was cold. And if you'd been here at Essex Church, you'd have been even colder, because it was yesterday that our new church heating system chose not to fire up 
for the first time. So let's use this little incident as an example. An example of how not to welcome the difficult. I got upset about the heating not working. I was the only person here in the entire building. I started to run some of my usual little negative stories about life in my head. Why am I trying to deal with this? Why can't I find this instruction booklet for the new boiler? What's the matter with me? Why can't I keep a filing system going? That's not so difficult, is it? I sent a few ranting text messages and emails to various heating engineers, but to no avail. I fiddled with the controls in an aimless sort of way and pressed some buttons on my phone because you're meant to be able to control the heating via the phone. And then I was rescued by Gitana, our cleaner, who calmed me down and gave me the courage to just press a few buttons on the boiler. And lo and behold, the boiler fired up and the heating came on. Warmth returned to our building. Now, I don't know what your lives are like, all of you, well, not all of you anyway, but have you noticed that tendency that life has to bring problems our way? And this is the nature of the material world, isn't it? Things break down from time to time, and we have to deal with them. Our dealing with life's problems can be a battle, if that's how we choose to be, to struggle, to curse, and to take it all personally, which is what I did yesterday. It felt very personal that the boiler had stopped working. Why did the heating fail to work when I was here on my own? Why me? So I wonder if, if any of you have your own why me situations going on at the moment. It's a very human response, isn't it? To take life personally. <laughs> But if we are able to step back from the drama or the upset of it all, a different perspective sometimes emerges. Things happen in life, and sometimes they happen to us. And to accept the reality of what is, rather than resisting it, can in itself be a remarkable act of liberation, can't it? It's our resistance, our dislike of a situation that may be making the experience far worse. Now, words like acceptance and surrender do not necessarily mean give up, although in some circumstances, giving up or giving in may be the wisest thing to do. But by turning our response upside down, by welcoming the difficult, oh, hello, broken heating system. I wondered when you'd turn up, because it was only a matter of time, wasn't it? Till a new heating system would break. Oh, hello, illness. Trickier. Hello, rejection. Hello, failure. Utter stupidity. Loneliness. Irritation. Fill in whatever you need to fill in in that list. Hello. Now, underneath this radical acceptance of the difficult is, I think, 
an underlying idea about us, about all of us. If we accept what is difficult, the implication is that we actually trust ourselves to deal with what is coming our way. We are big enough to take it all in, as community facilitator and writer Margaret Wheatley puts it. The more we stay in the present moment in a place of witness to what is, the more we are able to stay open and present. When we resist what is, we are afraid. Afraid we won't cope, perhaps. Afraid things are going to get worse. Afraid of our feelings, even. And by staying in the present moment, we stay with what we see and what we feel, with what is, rather than with what might be. Our fears, our imaginings are mostly of the future. And when we learn to welcome the difficult, we remain more in this present moment, the only moment there is. And this welcoming of the difficult may help us in our dealings with people as well as with broken heating systems. But let's be clear that concepts of acceptance and surrender do not mean that we let unpleasant people walk all over us. We need some clear boundaries in life. We need to keep safe and we must choose what is acceptable in our own situations. But if we want to live in a radically hospitable life here on our busy planet Earth, we would do well to consider if we could be just a bit braver in widening our welcome. Yes, we can try and create a life that feels comfortable and safe, but let's not forget the gifts that may await us if we lower our guard and start to encounter those who are different from us, the other, the unknown. We're here in this time of Advent, a time of anticipation, remembering the birth of Jesus, the incarnation of the divine here in human flesh, the teacher with that radical message of love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Okay, isn't this about as tough a commandment as any of us will ever be given? And it doesn't mean that we should approve the actions of wrongdoers, but it's reminding us we share a common humanity with every person. And that means every tyrant, every bully, every thief, every terrorist, every abuser, every liar, every cheat, fill in the human behavior that annoys or frightens you the most in that little list. Everyone who we find difficult. If we get snowed in here this afternoon, let's spend some time reclaiming all those we reject. Let's explore what it means to be radically hospitable. And let's perhaps explore the hidden aspects of ourselves that may have us reject what in truth lies within our own heart. That should keep us busy for a while. Amen. And so, in the days ahead, wherever we wander, let us welcome it all in. Let all of life touch us and remind us of our shared human journey. Let us share our difficulties in life 
and allow others to share their challenges with us. And may the gift of acceptance soften our hearts and strengthen our being for the greater good of all. Amen. Go well and blessed be.